the Getting Better Now podcast, presented by the Golf Business Network, the show by golf professionals for golf professionals, profiling experts from inside and outside the golf industry to help you advance your career, make a lasting impact, and achieve your goals. Here's your host, PGA professional from St. David's Golf Club, Dean Candle. If you're in a leadership position at your club, or aspire to be at some point in your career, what if I told you there's one specific area you could focus on that would guide the thinking and behavior of the people on your team? One point of emphasis that's effects would be felt throughout the entire operation that would guide decision-making, customer service, attitude, motivation, and more. What is it? As we find out from our guest in this episode, that one thing is culture. John Eads is a leadership coach and educator and the CEO of LearnLoft. He was also once an aspiring professional golfer after putting together a successful amateur career where he played in three U.S. Ams as well as a fantastic career at the University of Maryland. So being around the game and around clubs, John knows what we go through as PGA professionals and has seen successful golf professionals throughout his career. I'm excited to apply his knowledge to our situation so everyone can be more proactive about creating a positive culture at their club, no matter your position. John wasn't here to pitch anything or to sell anything, but I encourage you to follow him on LinkedIn where he's putting out really beneficial content almost daily, all about how to be a better leader. He's also the host of the Follow My Lead podcast, which I hope everyone will tune into. So here it is, our conversation with John Eads. I hope you enjoy it. John Eads, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. You obviously, you coach, speak, and write about leadership through your company, Learn Loft, and and uh, we may talk about that a little bit later, but you're also no stranger to the golf course, so we'll give everybody a little bit of context here. You have a, a pretty extensive background in, in playing golf, that's that's for sure, right? Yeah, I've played a few holes in my life, that's for sure. I, uh, I, I grew up playing the game. I was fortunate to get a scholarship to the University of Maryland. I played four years at uh, Maryland back in the early 2000s. Um, and uh, I turned professional, played three years professionally afterwards. Um, and like most stories, I met, I met a woman, and uh, and it was time to do something different. I'd, I'd kind of gotten to the point where it was time to give it up anyways. So it was, you know, the, the great thing about golf is the game you can play your whole life. And so when I transitioned out of uh, what was highly competitive professional golf, um, I got my amateur status back, and a couple years later, I just started playing mid-am golf again, and uh, it's been a it's been a great way to, for me to stay connected to the game and you know help junior golfers in the Charlotte area and things like that. That's great. So, with all that time that you've spent around the game at clubs and playing tournament golf, you have a good idea of what the golf professional does every day. And that's going to fit right into us talking about uh, this culture and talking about leadership more as a whole. So getting into this, starting with this topic of leadership and how that really kind of fits into culture. One, 
one thing that I'm always thinking about is, is can you be an effective leader without taking a proactive role in developing a culture? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's important to know that leaders create the culture and culture produces behavior and behavior produces results. Mm-hmm. So the golf professional, the head pro, the director of operations, whoever that person is, is ultimately responsible for the culture. Um, and then that culture produces the behaviors of individuals. And then those individuals ultimately produce the, the results at hand. So it's really important to think of the responsibility that leaders have when it comes to the development of a culture. Now, the natural question becomes, well, what is culture? All culture is is the shared values and beliefs that guide thinking and behavior. The shared values and beliefs that guide thinking and behavior. And so what are those shared values and beliefs that are going to guide your people's actions and behaviors every single day when you're not there? Uh, And that's the mark of a really good culture. And so, um, you know, the beauty of all this is that each individual on the team plays a part in the ongoing development of that culture, but it's ultimately the leaders are who are responsible. So for those out there that might be hearing this and thinking, yeah, culture, 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 I know it's important. I know it's something I should be thinking about or being proactive about, but uh, I'll get to it or just enough time or I'm sure my culture is fine. When you define it as shared values and beliefs that guide thinking and behavior, and really, as the golf professional, we're judged, our operation is judged on the behaviors of our staff and how that influences our customer. There might not be anything more important than, than developing this positive culture because it creates, it's the, the result of that culture is what we're judged on. It's, it's, the behavior, it's the behavior you're going to get. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if there's, I mean, a, having a good culture is important in any organization or on any team, okay? But I don't know that it's, I mean, it could be not as important, it, it could be more important in any other area than in the golf business, particularly in a pro shop, because your your people are going to be behaving in a way and interacting with 300, 400 different customers. You can't be there for every single one of them. That would be right. impossible. So you're reliant on the shared values and belief that are going to guide your people's thinking and behavior. And so if, if we're not proactive in shaping that team culture that we want to see, then to, to expect the behaviors to be in alignment with what we want as a, as a head pro uh, in many ways is, is just bad thinking. Right, right. So... That's why I'm, I'm glad you're on here today, and I hope everybody listening really starts to understand this and really understand how they need to be proactive about building a positive culture. I think I've been a part of some really good ones. I've been a part of some okay ones. I hope that I'm building a good one on my staff now, but, uh, but it takes effort, and I think that's why a lot of people end up putting this on the back burner. But Little do they know, they're already creating a culture, are they? Aren't they? Everybody's creating a culture all the time, right? Yeah, that's the interesting part about it. You know, you can say to me, John or Dean, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. The truth is, it it's being developed and it's evolving whether you know it or not. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's literally happening right now. Your people are going to believe 
they're going to think and behave a certain way the next interaction that they have. And so if we're not proactive in the development of that culture that we want to create, then by its very nature, it's just going to happen anyways. And so by, so then it's probably going to go in a negative direction over time. So it's it's very important to begin thinking about how you can develop these things on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into these four elements of culture, I think I want to just kind of break this down. And what we're talking about, we're talking about really a team culture. So focusing on the golf staff, and that may be the director of golf, it might be the general manager, director of golf, head pro, uh, the assistant professionals, outside operations, that team culture, because maybe unlike some other organizations, clubs in them themselves have their own cultures, right? And, and that might be unique to the country club or golf club arena. But it, so some clubs are defined by the demographics that they are or the income levels that are at that club or all these other factors. I think that a team culture sometimes needs to fit into that club culture to make it work and to, to provide the service that your members are going to expect. But we're focusing yeah. in on the team, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So your club you know, has a culture of an organization. Your general manager plays a part in that. Your head professional plays a part in that. Your tennis staff plays a part in that. Your board plays a part in that. I mean, there's an organizational culture, and, you know, we believe there's five levels of that culture. But but what I think is so important for head professionals to think about today is what's the culture you're creating in the team that you're most responsible for? Mm Mm-hmm. Just the, those, those in, that, that outside staff, that those assistant professionals, that part-time staff, you know, all those people that you have the ability to directly impact. That's what that that team culture that you you're a part of is so important, and and that's really what I, what I think. If I could pass along one thing to your audience today is, you know, take control and take ownership of the team that you most have the ability to impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's for the leaders of the operation and can be going on down, right? If you go down that org chart and look at assistant professionals, right? I think they should be thinking about this as well, right? How does that affect people that aren't the quote-unquote leaders uh, by title? Well, it's a great question. I mean, at the end of the day, we all can be leaders right where we are. And so there's going to be moments in time where those assistant professionals absolutely have to be the leader when you're not there or to be running the golf tournament and making those decisions. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about the definition of leadership being someone whose actions inspire, empower and serve in order to elevate others over an extended period of time. So at any point, other people on the team can absolutely act that way for your members, for, 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 for colleagues, for other staff at the club. So there's always moments where people can lead right when they are, which could be below you in your organization. So it's absolutely important that they think about these things, um, Dean, just because you're not, you're, you can't be there all the time. Right. I mean, yep. it, and, and if you were, you would have no life at all. And, and in fact, your people might begin to resent you. Right. So the fact that at any moment, anybody on the team may have to jump up and lead gets back to developing this 
this proper culture, right? So <laughs> when that's when that's already apart, you know, it's that next man up philosophy. I've got to run out to a lesson or an emergency here, so I need you to take care of this thing that I was about to do. But somebody that's that's prepared and ready to go because you have the culture on your team, they're ready to jump in and take over. I think in in the best operations, that's happening uh, all the time. So let's get in then to these four elements of culture. These four elements, and we're going to go into them a little bit in depth, uh, each one, safety, unity, positivity, and energy. Let's start with safety. What does that mean, John? So I, I want, when, I, when, when, you, when your audience hears this, I want you to think about the staff that you lead or the team, you know, when you bring on a new member of the team, you know, maybe you have seasonal employees that come on to be assistant pros because they go from Florida to New York or something like it. Um, I, I want you to really think about how well you do these four things to create a positive, encouraging culture for your team. All right. So the first one is is safety or what we would call protected. And really, this could be both the physical safety, which but in, in the golf business, you know, outside of getting struck by lightning or something or getting hit with a golf club on a driving range, safety is not a huge problem. Right. So what we need to think about then when it comes to safety or being protected is is being judgmentally safe. So there's going to be a lot of things your team doesn't know as it relates to the core elements of being a golf professional or an outdoor staff or how to handle a, a member or a situation. So they have to have the freedom and the ability to ask any question without being judged by asking it. So, mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a new idea for a new tournament. Or a, a new idea for how to run a certain tournament. And if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel protected in that culture, by its very nature, they're going to not give those answers. And the more they don't give those ideas or ask those questions, the less protected and safe they're going to feel. So this would maybe come into effect uh, from a leader who is maybe a control freak and they just want to make every decision and they're, they want to make sure that their influence is felt throughout the club. So they only want uh, their ideas being brought to the forefront. And they're, fr- they're maybe deep down they're afraid to let anybody else help out. But there's no willingness to, to implement an idea from another team member. Yeah, and, and what, what they tend to do, this is 10, generic, is right. they put down an idea early on without thinking much. Like, that's a bad idea. That's not going to work. I've been at this a long time. That's never going to work. We already tried that. And all of a sudden, that person who brought up that idea or who asked that question is going to be a lot less likely to do it the next time. And so it only can take one or two times when when making someone feel not safe or protected for them to kind of go into a shell and not feel comfortable in being in this culture. And so it's really important that those professionals that have been in this business a long time, particularly with somebody green or new, that they that they're at least open to and not judge somebody's questions or ideas because it could quickly lead to them not wanting to voice them in the future. 
Yeah, and I think about you know the new the new assistant or intern that comes in in the first week or two and wants to help out, and if you keep getting shot down, then you've lost that person. There's no buy-in from them. They're not really a part of the team. They're they're more in that clock in and clock out mode, rather than really feeling like they can make an impact and help out. I've been in that situation. I think back, you know, as an intern years and years ago. My I remember my first day of my first internship. I was doing a task that I was told to do. The my the head pro came out and he made a comment to me that was really pretty negative. <laughs> I was talk about green. I mean, now well, to be fair, I wasn't a very good intern at this point. I was 18 years old. I was you know I didn't exactly know what I was doing at all. But um, he didn't know that at this point. But he made a real negative comment. And it kind of just put me in my shell, and it set the tone for for that whole summer. So, um, well, well, just think about that, Dean. Everybody was eighteen at one point. Yeah, everybody was green at one point. Um, maybe some people get into the golf business a little later now, but still, the point being that recognizing from a leadership perspective that people are at different levels, have different experience, been at different clubs. You know, we want to make sure people feel protected and safe, both physically and judgmentally safe. And I think that's the whole key here. Um, And then as you move into the, you know, if protected or safe is the first one, the second one is really feeling unified. Okay. And what this really means is that people really need to belong to something. There was some research done uh, in 2010 Uh, And it found the quality and the quantity of social relationships is linked to mental health and mortality altogether. Okay, so think about that for a second, Dean. Mm -hmm. Solid connections with other human beings can be as important as health, as important to your health and happiness as food, water, and shelter. I mean, we need to feel connected to people. So when that new intern comes in or that new assistant pro comes in, if there's silos, if there's clicks, if they don't find a, a friend or the or, or the feeling that they're a part of the team, they're naturally gonna that's gonna be a big problem. So how unified of a team that you create is super important to have a successful team culture. Yeah, and I think when I think about culture, for me, this this part of unity is kind of what really hits home with me and. I think when anybody out there thinking about the t- their best times where they've really enjoyed work at the club or the facility that they were working at, they got along with everybody, uh, they had good relationship with with their boss, whoever that may be, and that created that buy-in. People were ready, prepared to make sacrifices just for the greater good of the team and the club. Uh, and for me, in my experience, that seems to be really the payoff for, for that uh, feeling of being united. Yeah, and, and the, the, this is the reality of united is that it doesn't happen without some typically without the leader being proactive to ensure it happens. Now, it, it can happen if two people just like each other or this assistant likes that assistant or whatever it may be. But it, but it it takes someone to be intentional to get people together to feel unified, you know, and this happens at, you know, being non-unified, it happens at clubs all the time. I mean, just think about it from a member's perspective now. How many people join a new club? Let's say they join your club, St. David's, and and their enjoyment of that club 
10% of it is the golf course. Okay. Right. The rest of it is how close and connected and unified they feel to other members. Yep. Clubs are made by the people. That's exactly right. And in the staff and the culture that you're creating on your team, it's the same. I mean, we want to go to work and feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to belong to something. And so the more that you can create that environment with your staff to feel connected to each other and help each other out and you know that that is such a big deal and you know you hit on something about well sometimes you might just get along with somebody and that's when this is easy right that's when you know, <laughs> that's right when it when it's very easy to go in and talk about you know the game that you guys uh were watching both watching last night or how you played your last round of golf whatever it may be you just connect and it's easy to get along but when you have team members that there isn't that natural collection, uh, connection. That's when this takes some more effort, and I think that's when this it may fall apart, this feeling of being united. Yeah, but just think about the opportunity that, you, that the golf industry has as an advantage over other industries. You can put two people on a golf course Get for four hours together, okay? <laughs> right. I mean, they can't, they can't hide. Uh, right. Whereas how often can you do that in a work environment, four hours outside, you know, having fun? So if you're trying to build team culture, you know, on a Monday when you're closed, get get a little four-on-four match between the staff and, or, you know, maybe break them up in twos for teammates that don't get along together. Look for ways to create a more unified team. And, and that's just one way to do it. Yeah, and I think that's that's common, but uh, it's also easy to to let things like that go when we feel like we're immersed in the heart of the season. But again, this uh, building this culture takes some time, takes some effort. So, and the third, so the third thing is positive. You know, the third element is being positive. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this there's this idea that called positive psychology that my friend Mike Irwin, who came on the show, he's a former military man. Um, and he started a, a, a group that really works on helping uh, develop students in being more positive in their thinking. And it's just wonderful. He's a great human being, lives in Pinehurst. And mm-hmm. uh, he told me that um, of all 24 character traits that they measure, optimism and positivity is the most important. Now think about that. Of everything that they measure when it relates to leadership – Positivity and optimism could be the most important. Wow. So, so th- the the culture that you create, how positive is it? What what's the optimism level of your team? If there's negativity, if people are are whining and moaning and bitching about 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 members and what people say, well, and, well that doesn't happen, John. Ever? <laughs> yeah, I know that doesn't happen. I know, I know it happens. But it, every if it day. did, hypothetically, right? <laughs> if if it did happen. Right, every single day. Um, but just think about that. Your job as a leader is when you hear that to say that's not a, that's not what we do here. Yeah, we and, don't. And I th- go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think unfortunately that's perpetuated a lot from the top down. You know, at a lot of clubs, and and maybe it's somebody that's just kind of soured on on their job. And they're struggling with the fact that they see these same people each and every day and they seem like they're solving the same problems over and over or getting the same problems thrown at them. 
And, you know, I've seen that negativity start there. And boy, does it really shoot down through the rest of the staff. You're 100% right. I mean, and that's why the leader is responsible for positivity and optimism as it relates to the culture. Because, you know, you're not going to be there. And, and all it takes is one staff member saying something negative, being overheard by a member, and all of a sudden you got a major crisis on your hands. Mm-hmm. And now, this so, stuff happens all the time. So that's an example of really, I mean, just proof that it does start with uh, from the top. Now, have you seen in your experience where you've dealt with leaders that they're the ones that are spouting this out to their team, but it's clear they're not acting it out? That obviously doesn't work either, right? That, yeah, that definitely doesn't work. I mean, it's like it's like a parent and their child, right? I mean, in the old days, it used to be, <laughs> it used to be do as I say, not as I do. I mean, that just doesn't work in leadership, right. uh, particularly not today. I mean, people are not dumb, Dean. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're telling them something over and over again about positivity, but then they hear you talking about someone behind their back, you just, you basically neglect everything that you, you've been talking about. And people know so it's really important. I tell people this all the time. I mean, the example that you set, you almost have to be fanatical about your m- m- example of leadership because your people are watching you 10 times more than they're watching everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that you can do to avoid that. Nothing. So if you're if you're messing around and you're checking Facebook and you're 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 you know you're messing around or you're 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 talk, being negative, your people will absolutely take notice. Now this does not mean that you can't have fun. This does not mean that you can't you know create an environment that's fun. It just means that you have to be really really conscious of the example that you're setting for your people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, as we come up again, as PGA professionals, we're not really taught this. And you did a good job as an assistant. You're promoted to this leadership position as a head pro or director of golf. And all of a sudden, it's you have to understand that this uh, microscope is on you right now. And not only, you know, obviously from your members and your customers, but from your staff. So I think that that positivity really leads into, at least as I was was looking at this leads into that the fourth element here which is energy absolutely because energy energy is contagious dean okay it's it's one of these things it's like a snowball effect um and energy and most people believe that energy only comes from results well well i know that makes sense in conventional thinking but think of all the 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 clubs or even football teams that went 0-12, that didn't win a game. Let's, let's take UCF, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, three years ago, they went 0-12. <laughs> they did right. not win a game. I mean, how much energy could actually be in the building if it was only depicted based on the results? Mm-hmm. So when Scott Frost came in, who's now the head coach at Nebraska, when he came in, he, he, he was proactive in creating an energy about what they were doing. And two years later... They went undefeated. I mean, mm-hmm. so so it, the, the thing that I want people to remember is, or to really think about when it relates to energy is that you don't have to have perfect results to create a sense of 
energy in the organization and in the team. Yeah, so and I think as it pertains to us, you don't have to be at the world's greatest golf club either. You don't have to be, you know, hosting the U.S. Open next year or hosting other major championships or the club that everybody in your area looks to. Wherever you are, you have the opportunity to build this energy, right? A hundred percent. And I'll use the example since I'm on a college football kick. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a coach named P.J. Flack who's the head coach at University of Minnesota. And he right. was at Western Michigan. And I think one of the best way leaders can create this energy around their, their team is to create something called a maximizing mantra. A maximizing mantra. Okay. And what P.J. Fleck did, um, he has a maximizing mantra that's called row the boat. Mm-hmm. Row the boat. And he's got the, you know, he had a son that died early and he, and he felt like he was supposed to row the boat for his son. And so he's created this this sense of motivation and energy with his team that, that they have to row the boat. Now, th- does it mean the results are always going to be perfect? No. But he took he took Western Michigan from one win his first season to an undefeated season his last season, right? And so you start to see a pattern here in some of these football coaches. And I think the same applies in golf and in clubhouses. I mean, there's five, there's seven private clubs in Charlotte. They're not all Quell Hollow, right? They're not all Charlotte Country Club. So each club and each staff has the opportunity to create an energy about their staff to help them perform at their very best. And when you do that, you're going to attract the best talent no matter what club you are, and then you're going to then you're going to promote people to new clubs and to new positions regardless of the of the name on your your uh on your the name on your uh, scorecard. So right. I want you to think really long and hard about this energy that you create and what could be a maximizing mantra for your staff. What what's something that you could use that would sustain this energy next year in 2019? You know, yeah, and especially I mean, to think about that as you're say in the heart of the season, everybody's grinding away with tournaments and junior golf, and they're teaching a lot and they're there a lot to keep everybody motivated throughout those times to make sure that. You're, people aren't getting complacent or they're not falling off. They're still paying attention to details and, and doing everything that kind of you do as you come in with all this energy in the beginning of the year and maybe through the spring for us up in the Northeast. And But that you might struggle uh, with that with your team through the summer. So I love that idea of that mantra that you can just go back to and say, this is what we do. This is yeah, and, you can, and this is where this is where leaders can get creative, right? Come up with your mm-hmm. mantra for your team next year. I mean, it could be right. serve the people. It could be you know uh, take that aim. It could be you know you can correlate it to golf in some way. Um, sure. But the idea is that you know maybe you can put them on shirts and give them out. Maybe you can talk about them in your one-on-one or weekly team meetings or just constantly be reinforcing that maximizing mantra to keep the energy of the team going. Awesome. So these four elements of our team culture, safety, unity, positivity, and energy. I think we're all going to be able to put these into place in our operations to make us create those results that a great culture does, which then therefore uh, provides great service to our members, 
helps our team members move on, and ultimately helps the leaders succeed. So all these are going to be, you mentioned me, part of an upcoming book that you have coming out, right? Yeah, I do. It's it, Yeah, it's called Elevate Others. I'm excited about it. But I, I want to, I'll, I'll close with this. Forget the book okay. for a second. I want right. to, I think this is really important for golf professionals. Many of them have not been leading this way before. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's an old Latin saying called nunc cepi. Nunc cepi. And what nunc cepi means is today I begin. What, right. I want, what I want you, your audience, to think about is I really don't care how you've been leading up until this point, And I really don't care what your culture is at this point. What I care about is how you're going to lead moving forward. And I want you to really think about nunc cepi. Today I begin. Whatever you're doing. If you want to go create a better culture for your club, if you want to improve the performance of your staff, go lead differently tomorrow. I mean, go lead differently tomorrow. You can do it. And uh, so I want your people to think about that. You don't have to be perfect. No one said you had to be the best leader ever. What I want you to think about is how you can go do it a little bit better tomorrow. Awesome, John. Well, there's no better thing to close on than that. I really appreciate your time and coming on and help us uh, learn more about culture and leadership. I know you're not here to promote anything, but people should go to LearnLoft, uh, which is your company. There's, I saw you have a lot of free resources on there. You write a lot on LinkedIn, so follow John on LinkedIn if you liked what you heard today because he's pumping out this content uh, with really valuable information on a daily basis. So do yourself a favor and follow along. So, John... Thanks so much for your time today. It was great having you on. Absolutely, Dean. I appreciate it. This was the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network. Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review while you're there. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.